opportunities through grants and scholarships on the web at maincf.org. The time is 9.58 and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor and streaming online at WERU.org. Talk of the Towns with your host Ron Beard is up next. Good morning and welcome to Talk of the Towns here on WERU. We try to go beyond the headlines to make sense of the issues facing Maine communities, to share what works, to seek alternative solutions. Talk of the Towns is produced with support from Cooperative Extension, the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine with offices statewide. Cooperative Extension puts knowledge to work with the people of Maine and like WERU, whose mission is to be a voice of many voices, operates out of a sense that everyone benefits when we share our knowledge, our experience, our concerns, and our perspectives. We're about to practice the magic of community radio, in which those of us in the studio and you who are listening create a dialogue that we hope will be a benefit to our friends, our neighbors, and colleagues. I hope you'll stay with us for the next hour and talk of the towns. One often hears that a community needs leadership in order to move from identification of problems to solving those problems. Can this kind of leadership be taught? Well, for the past two years, organizers and participants in the Hancock County Leadership Program have explored that question and worked on developing the skills of leadership, applying them in business and community settings. And today we're happy to have some guests in the studio who can help us understand whether leadership can be taught, um, and but more importantly about the, the role of the Hancock County Leadership Program. Um, we're glad to welcome back Bonnie Sparks. Bonnie is the director of the Hancock County Higher Education Center, and she's a member of the steering committee for the leadership program. Welcome to you, Bonnie. Thank you. Also in the studio are two participants, um, one from the 2012 program currently, uh, Patrick McGuire of the Dwight Brown Agency in Ellsworth. Welcome to you, Patrick. Thank you, Ron. And Lita Zoigner. That's correct. Zoigner, I'm sorry, um, from the Bahara Bank um, in Ellsworth, and she was a participant in the 2011 program. Welcome to you. Thank you. Good morning. Well, let's let's uh, kind of get a little bit of background um, to the leadership program, starting with Bonnie. Um, uh, Bonnie, this has been in the in the works or in the in people's thinking stage for a number of years. A long time. <laughs> <laughs> I I would say um, conservatively um, twelve years, but it's probably more like fifteen mm. years, mm. Um, and. I think that um, there were several of us who served on committees and we would see each other at committees and realize that we didn't have a good knowledge of county-wide issues, concerns, um, businesses, assets, and, um, and we needed some type of a county-wide um, information gathering. And we looked around and of course, um, there was a statewide leadership program. We looked at some other counties and we said, oh, we need one of those here. Mm. Um, and so we began that search um, and didn't really have the critical mass uh, in terms of energy. People are so busy to, to make it go. And we actually, I think, kind of stopped and started two or three different times. Um, but this last time around, um, it, it stuck. <laughs> we had critical mass, we had energy, and I think um, we really had some people who said, okay, we're going to 
roll up our sleeves and um, re- really push forward here. Mm. So, And you must, you know, in your role uh, with the Higher um, Education Center, um, you must have kind of seen the need, um, and, and somehow you decided that you would kind of... Um, put your oar in and say, let's make it work. Mm-hmm. And, and you're doing that both from the center's point of view, but also for the good of Hancock County. Right. Well, certainly um, the center has a, a county-wide mission and as a part of the university system certainly has um, a responsibility to serve um, the community. And um, so as such, it's it's kind of a, a perfect um, uh, support mm. for a program like this and and um, as an educational institution, but all of the functions of registering people and reaching out to people, those were natural for um, the center. And then, of course, myself serving on different boards, the chamber, um, way, a way long time ago, we had the Coastal Arcadia Development Corporation, which was actually the first county-wide economic development group. And that lasted for about five years. And I think it was really kind of um, from that group that as we saw that group grow a bit and then diminish and then finally disband, we realized, well, we need to address this. Mm. And as you said, you looked at both the state um, main uh, leadership development program mm-hmm. and some county programs. What did you begin to draw together as some of the operating principles for the Hancock County program? Well, what I would say, and, uh, and they are reflected in the program today, um, we saw that it, skills, um, issues, re- regional issues, we um, like the... Um, Leadership Maine and other leadership programs, our, our participants attend their sessions at host businesses, um, and they are people who are recruited. The participants themselves are people who are recruited from businesses and organizations, municipalities. Um, so those pieces are common to leadership programs. Um, with the host businesses, we the steering committee works with the host business to give them a sense of what, what is it we're looking for. Well, we're looking um, to have participants learn about that business or that business sector, the challenges that business sector is facing within our community, within the state, or possibly nationally, um, and, and the impact that, that 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 individual business is making mm. on our community in terms of the number of people it employs, um, its worth and and its assets in our in our community, and then we ask um, the host site in addition to hosting the folks for the day um, and then sharing in the afternoon. They've, that's their opportunity mm. to say, "Hey, look at us! Look what we do." Um, we also ask their business leaders uh, to share with the participants their leadership journey. Mm. Um, How was it that they got to where they are and the challenges they face? So it's a nice exchange of the sector and then leaders. Mm. So would you say, and then I'll ask um, our other guests too, is was leadership a mystery? (laughs) Um, And this is kind of rolling back the curtain so it doesn't become such a mystery anymore? Um, start with a leader. Uh, what, what, what would you say about leadership? How did you envision leadership before you started getting involved in this pro- program? 
leadership was what I I thought leadership was. And what I loved about the program was it brought the other aspects of leadership to the table. Um, we did some some work on collaboration and how conflict resolution, mm -hmm. supervisor, supervisory skills, as well as the, the one thing that I also took away from it was that leadership is not always the person who's standing in the front of the room. Um, you can be a quiet leader. There are so many different ways to lead and to be influential and to help develop or lead a group. Mm. It doesn't mm. always have to be the person who is the the, the leader by title or mm -hmm. by position. Mm -hmm. And uh, Patrick, how did you see leadership before you got involved in the program? Well, um, I think the leadership role and, and what I've gotten out of the program is it, it's taught me how to be an effective leader mm. and, and how to uh, show the skills and use the skills that, that you might have already had but didn't know how to put them to use. Kind of bringing them out. Exactly. Right. And, and uh, finding a comfort zone on how to use those skills correctly. And, and that's what I've, I've gotten out of it. it. It's what I was hoping to get out of it from the day I signed up for it. And, uh, and I, I still have more classes to go, but, uh -huh. but the results I've seen in my, my daily work as well as my community work on volunteer boards and, mm. and other organizations that I'm a part of. Mm -hmm. And so you're with the Dwight Brown Agency. What's your role there? Um, I own and manage that particular agency. I have ownership in a couple other agencies um, in Hancock County and Washington County and, and have a more laid back role at those agencies. But still, it, comes down to managing people effectively. Mm -hmm. And this is insurance? It, it is. It's yep. general insurance, um, property and casualty, uh, along with life insurance as mm -hmm. well. And how about some of the civic organizations or community organizations you're part of? Well, uh, I've spent time as a board member at the Downing East YMCA. Um, their youth sports committee have currently I'm the chairperson for the City of Ellsworth Recreation Commission. Uh, I've spent time with Ducks Unlimited in, in uh, other, other volunteer groups, and um, wish I had some of these skills when I was on, you know, more critical parts of those boards and mm -hmm. stuff, and going forward, I'll be much more effective on them. Mm. Lita, how about your role with Bahara Banking and Trust? I manage the Deposit Services Group mm -hmm. and really work throughout our footprint to help develop business and some larger retail deposit relationships. Hmm, that sounds... Very banker-like. Very banker-like. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> What's that mean? It means that um, as new products and services come out, online banking, mobile banking, um, desires for trans um, moving money for businesses, what, what are the options? How, how can they mm. do that? Mm. Um, and how can they best manage their cash flows? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what about um, outside of your banking role? What other ways are you involved in the community? Um, well, I am involved with Relay for Life. I am involved with Hospice Volunteers of Hancock County. Mm -hmm. I'm involved with my church. Mm -hmm. In the past, I helped on, or I was a member of the Charter Commission when that rewrote the charter in the city of Ellsworth. So I've I've sort of dabbled in a variety of things. Mm -hmm. And and I would imagine that both um, you and Patrick kind of look back on some of those other experiences and say, oh, I wish I'd known something where, that you gained out of the leadership program. Can you think of any of those aha moments when, when the, the board meeting you were sitting in said, I, there, there's something needed here, but I don't know what it is. If you could go back, were there any things, any lessons that you might take back in time, Patrick? Well, I, I think the most uh, needed 
item that I've come across here is how to run a meeting effectively and, and keep it in, in time frame and keep the subjects flowing and, and get to where you need to get in every meeting. Hmm. And the skills that I, I've received from this experience um, have already gone to work in, in making those meetings more effective hmm. and the results I can see right away. Neat, neat. How about you? I, I agree with Patrick. I think managing the, the the meeting process and also the conflict resolution process, the collaboration process, more collaboration than conflict, but so many people bring so many talents and thoughts and ideas to meetings, especially in the nonprofit sector, and you want to encourage people to participate and, and invite them to participate. And sometimes it, it sometimes it's not always, you're not always in a room where everyone agrees. And so it's very helpful to have the, to have honed some of those skills for collaborating and developing the best product that the group can provide. Mm, neat. Bonnie, how is the, the program organized? You mentioned a steering committee, and then, then what happens? So you, well, tell us a little about the steering committee and then how you get participants. Okay. Well, um, the steering committee, and I, I really should, I want to be sure that I name those people. Um, <laughs> Michelle Beal from um, the city of El Ellsworth, is, uh, we've recruited her, and Fred Cook from um, Down East and Acadia Regional Tourism, Jack Frost from Maine Coast, and he was um, a participant last year. Maine Coast um, Hospital. Mm -hmm, Maine Coast Memorial Hospital. Um, Doug Orville, who's um, the executive director of Child and Family Opportunities. Kim Parrott is uh, the owner of Sea Change Resources, which is a consulting firm. Ginger Seavey with Jackson Lab. Um, Tim Tunney from Camden National Bank and Phyllis Young from the Chamber. And um, the steering committee uh, works to um, recruit um, participants and host businesses and um, often in terms of the the participants themselves um, it's in some ways not just recruiting the participants but the the business or the organization that might that is sending them mm. um, and, and and I think in all cases uh, it, except in the case of a small business owner that tuition is being paid for by um, an organization or a business. So an employer is sending and needs to recognize the value. Um, the steering committee selects um, host sites and recruits those host sites. We try to get diversity in terms of um, business and or organizational sector in a geographic diversity um, from the county as well. Um, each of these two years, we've been to um, MDI, this year, uh, last year we were down in Castine. Um, this year we were at Stonington um, and Ellsworth as well. We cut across business sectors. We've um, this year participants are going to Jackson Lab, um, the healthcare industry. Um, we've been to Verso Paper Company actually two years. Um, and we've done a small business, the, the arts, um, last year. Um, this year, I'm trying to think. Oh, oh we did uh, tourism in the hospitality industry, a huge 
um, sector of our business community. So we try to, we're, we are purposefully um, se selecting host sites. And uh, the host sites, like the participants, make a huge investment um, to have that day be successful. They um, not only host the participants, but we ask that um, they feed them, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, feed them and they shall come. Um, that in the in the afternoon, because the morning session is focused on skill sets um, for the participants, but in the afternoon session, we ask them to pull together um, their leadership team, and and like I said, talk about um, their challenges, and that's a commitment of time. Uh, we generally somebody from the steering committee is calling ahead, being sure they understand uh, the purpose of the day, the mission, the goals, that they have someone who is willing to, to share their personal story with a, a group of um, 16 or 17 um, folks. Um, so there's a, a real commitment on that part. The steering committee has also, from the first year to this year, spent a lot of time trying to tweak the program, listen to last year's participants, where did we go wrong? What could we have done better? Um, and it was a, across a variety of things, not just the curriculum, but the sites, the comfort levels, what, what worked, how, did, we, did we do get a good job of getting mm -hmm. feedback? And um, their insights were wonderful. Um, because we this year we added an orientation session that was kind of a combination of a social session for the alums, the steering committee, and the new participants. But it was also the f that very first day the participants then went off on their own session and and started work, got mm. to know each other mm. before they jumped into the first session. We're uh, talking about leadership in Hancock County, the, the uh, question of, of can leadership be taught in our studio with us. You've just heard from Bonnie Sparks. Bonnie is the director of the Higher Education Center from the University of Maine uh, based in Ellsworth, and she's a member of the steering committee, leading the steering committee, I think, for the leadership program. Also, Patrick McGuire of the Dwight Brown Agency. He's a participant in the 2012 program, and leader Zoigner of the Baharo Bank. Um, she's a participant in the 2011 program. Uh, Lita, you mentioned that diversity among the participants was one of the strengths of your your program. Tell us a little bit about that diversity. Well, actually, I'm going to feed right off of what Bonnie said also. Our class did recommend some sort of orientation session because so much of the, there's so many things coming together. One great benefit of the leadership program is the opportunity to meet other leaders or other emerging leaders in the county, and it's countywide, and you get to get to know what Patrick does, for example, or in our case, we had individuals, we had a, an entrepreneur who had her own bed and breakfast. It was wonderful. What, what her challenges were versus my challenges in an office environment are completely different, but each of us could apply what we were learning each week to our own situations. We had um, other professionals. We had a CPA on board. Jack Frost, again, was also another, pro he's a development professional. We had um, Allison, and I hope she doesn't mind me using her name, but she manages the Bar Harbor Airport. Fascinating. I would never have had the opportunity, at least I don't recall having the opportunity to meet Allison except in this environment. Mm. And I feel like I have someone that is now a friend and a colleague that I can call on if mm. I ever wish to. Um, we had individuals from nonprofits um, and just the fishing industry, just a variety of industries were represented also. So, mm. it, And, of course, there were a couple other bankers because you know how bankers are. We always, <laughs> we always show up. And, and uh, what attracted you to the program? What said, oh, I'm going to try this? Did somebody invite you? What was, the, what was the situation? 
I, I was sort of invited. Phyllis Young from the chamber is someone I, I interact with regularly, and she had made me aware of the program. And as soon as I heard about it, I was very excited about it. I am not a native Mainer. And as a result, there's so much more I can learn about our state and, more importantly, our county. And I thought it was a fabulous opportunity to really understand the opportunities, the challenges, the diversity within our own county. And, again, sort of find out opportunities both personally and and um, for, for development for me, um, relationships within the county. And so as soon as she said, are you interested, I said, I'm very interested. Let me see if it's something that... Um, I can fit into my schedule mm-hmm. and, and can be supported for. And the bank was extremely supportive, and I was thrilled to be part of that first class. Great, great. Patrick, what's the diversity level in your class? And and, and then well, I, I'll ask you why you decided to get involved. But what are some of the other participants, what do they do? Well, one of the things that should be understood is the diversity level in, includes LIDA's class. Uh-huh. Um, we, we see participants from that class um, especially on on the orientation meeting but throughout the class as they've occurred there's been participation from various participants from the first class that have just come along and sat with us for the afternoon and and uh, you know it was an, a chance to familiarize yourself with them and mm-hmm. and see and meet different people but the diversity of of this particular class is all over the board we we have some uh, professional bankers we have some um, a, a lot of nonprofit, um, some city manager type positions, uh, small business owners such as myself, um, a, a, a really good mixed group, uh, a couple people from the Jackson Lab, and and you get to see all all the different problems that that people face and uh, the size of businesses, how how that can affect what you do and. The decision-making process um, th- that goes into each phase of, of the community. Mm. So it sounds like you're getting, as, as Bonnie mentioned at the, the beginning of the show, a context for um, what Hancock County is all about. And you might not have gotten that. You got your individual business experience or community experience, but you wouldn't have seen the breadth of, of, of Hancock County mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, we do have um, one of your host businesses on the phone with us, Bill Cohen from the uh, Verso uh, paper. He's the Director of Communications and Public Affairs. Welcome to Talk of the Towns, Bill. Hi, Ron. Hi, gang. <laughs> Hi, Bill. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about um, why Verso paper would get involved in a program like this and, and then uh, the, the experience of being a, a host business. Well, first of all, I, I think um, we're involved... Uh, as folks know, the mill is a very large physical presence. Mm. Um, and in the past, the owners have often thought of their community commitment only in terms of being a, a funding source for activities. When Verso was created six years ago, um, I wish we had lots of money, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, part of the corporate philosophy was to create a foundation document which... We became um, outwardly committed to the communities in which we live, and we needed to diversify the kinds of activities. So when you take this large mass of buildings and steel and then say, okay, we want to be out in the communities (laughs) and we don't have a lot of money, um, I've had experience with um, communities and leadership in other uh, parts of the state and just am committed to this, and I think what you know, Bonnie and this group have put together is just, 
super. So it was a really easy decision for us to become involved. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, most people would know Verso Paper as the, uh, the manager, the owner of the paper company, but um, tell us a little bit more about the Verso story. Well, uh, Verso, uh, International Paper, which bought the Champion uh, Paper Company, um, then decided um, about six years ago to divest itself. And Verso uh, was the coded division of International Paper. Uh, four mills, two of them here in Maine. And um, quite honestly, uh, the investment company that bought us, um, you know, we weren't all that sure what was going to happen, and it's just been wonderful. They've made huge investments in the mill. Um, they've allowed the mill to get outside of the box and work on some new creative products, um, some of which we all use every day, especially in packaging. And if you drive by the mill today, you see lots of cranes out there uh, as we're in the process of um, a $40 million investment in new green energy. And it's just been really exciting uh, for us. And as a host business, you're, you're helping um, others, um, emerging leaders, leaders in Hancock County, kind of understand that, um, that story. Yeah, for, for a long time, we tended to think toward Bangor. Mm -hmm. um, but we are located in Hancock County. And um, this program for us allowed us to touch uh, just a lot of great folks who are committed to Hancock County. And um, it's kind of created some relationships. It's given us some opportunity to talk to people and people to talk to us. So it's, it's a great touch point for us. Um, and um, hopefully the participants get an example of how we do leadership in a very large and complex organization. So help us understand um, what the, the host day looked like when you hosted um, the Hancock County Leadership Program. You, were, you did that a couple of years running. What's that day look like uh, from your perspective? Well, first of all, I get the email from Bonnie, and I say, <laughs> okay, and I run outside and I yell, Marie, help. <laughs> um, and I have an ad admin who works with me who just makes all the physical and food arrangements. It's just wonderful. Um, but what, what the day basically looks like is folks arrive at the mill, and um, as mentioned earlier, they go through a morning session where they do some skills development. And then um, what I've done the last couple of years is brought in um, a couple of management folks who walk uh, the group through how we measure leadership um, on an individual level, uh, the evaluation process we use, um, and then we do a mill tour, and quite honestly, um, many of the folks haven't been in the mill, so we spend, uh, I don't know, Bonnie, help, 45 minutes to an hour just answering all kinds of generic questions. And, and tell us a little bit about that, that notion of leadership from, from the corporate um, side. What, what, how would you characterize that, that view of leadership? Well, we actually have... Um, a couple of formalized ways in which we set expectations and then um, we develop people. It becomes a part of the formal evaluation process that we do here. Um, we, every um, person that's in a salaried leadership role has to do uh, a personal plan for the year, and then it's, they are measured by that. And so um, what we've started to do with the group is sort of 
get into a little bit of the criteria that are within that plan that we expect people to do, and uh, obviously uh, then how we measure it. Mm. So it sounds as though uh, leadership is very much kind of, quote-unquote, expected, (laughs) Um, and then you're figuring out how to support people to kind of step into that role. Absolutely, and we've been through some more recent training since the group was even here, and and have started to identify elements where we think uh, we can do a little bit better ourselves uh, around um, what we call mission planning, communications, debriefing. You know, there's a whole sort of new effort here at the mill going on. Um, so, yeah, the leadership is very much ingrained in what we do. And it sounds like um, only when you step back and kind of reflect on the experience, whether because you have you have guests come in and talk about leadership, or um, some of your own um, leaders are are um, giving you that feedback, you step back and say, "Well, how can we improve?" Oh, I, I, a whole new meaning to the debrief process, uh, based on some work we've done over the last two months here at the mill. Just. It takes on a huge, critical importance, and it doesn't matter if you're a two- or three-person business or you're, you know, 600-plus like we are. There is a debrief process that, uh, when done, formal or informal, only can help you improve. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask our, our guests if they've got any comments about their visit, um, and then uh, um, we'll let you go. But um, stay on the line for just a, more, a minute more. Um, Lita, what were, were your impressions about uh, the Verso Mill? I thought it was pretty exciting to get the opportunity to go into the mill, tour the mill, hear about last year. And I, I remember meeting Bill. It was great meeting Bill. He also did bring in some managers. And they talked about some of the challenges they face and how their leadership skills help them work through those challenges, mm. which was, it's always, it's always nice to know you're not in that, uh, that boat rowing alone sometimes. <laughs> so um, that was very, very helpful. And um, seeing, the, seeing what they contribute, one thing that he said, and I, he said it earlier today too, was that um, they, they're an international company. They're not, they're not just Hancock County. Some of the places we go really are focusing on Hancock County issues. But they're not, it's, it's how does Hancock County give to the rest of the world? What do we have that reaches out to the rest of the world that really made the visit with Verso Paper so valuable is that, hey, their, their name and their address is on what they send out there. And that's, that's right here at home for us. <laughs> and so that was, that was pretty interesting. And, and the safety glasses were pretty cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, what do you recall? What did you take away from your visit at Verso Mill? Well, one of the first things I noticed is... is um, how much Bill enjoys his job <laughs> and, and how good he is at it. And he added a lot of uh, flair and flavor to that and it made it a very exciting day. And probably the one thing I took away from that is, is uh, be more like Bill in your everyday life. <laughs> be careful. But, but, <laughs> but the, the mill itself was very interesting. I'm one of those people that have lived in Hancock County since I think 1979 and driven by it. Uh, grown up with kids whose parents worked there, um, but never really knew what went on behind the, the walls of the mill. And it was fascinating to actually go inside and see how it worked. It was a day when there was um, a little bit of chaos going on, but but Bill knew how to get us through those situations, and, and we still understood how the mill functioned. And um, it, it was a very rewarding trip, and I think everyone 
got a lot out of it. Mm. Well, Bill, any any final thoughts before we let you go about leadership in general and Hancock County um, specific? I, I just think that for anyone um, who has not gone through the program, to talk to folks that are, have done it, talk to Bonnie, because I think it really is an asset to help build that kind of base and understanding in Hancock County. It's just a great program, and I highly recommend it. Mm, well, thanks, Bill, for being with us here on Talk of the Towns. But also thanks to you and your colleagues at, at Verso for your contributions to not the leadership program just, but um, to Hancock County as a whole. Thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome. Great. That was uh, Bill Cohen, who's Director of Communications and Public Affairs at Verso Paper. You're tuned to Talk of the Towns here on WERU. Um, WERU, which is very proud to um, <laughs> announce that um, we have the funds to um, put in our new transmitter. And that will be happening in July, understand? And we're very grateful for those of you who um, helped with that, that campaign, as well as supporting all of uh, WERU's operations. Um, in the studio with us, as we talk about um, leadership in Hancock County, can leadership be taught? Um, are um, some uh, past uh, participants in the program, and a current participant, uh, Leader Zoigner, is with Bahara Bank. She was in the 2011 program. Pat Mc Patrick McGuire is with the Dwight Brown Agency, and he's in the current program, which uh, I guess graduates in May. Yes. And then Bonnie Sparks is a, a member of the steering committee, and she's with the Hancock County Higher Education Center. Um, we're going to talk in, in a minute with um, someone who um, is a, a business who actually send a, sends a participant um, uh, in just a minute. But um, this, this notion of getting to know um, local business must be just fascinating. Say m more about some of the other businesses that you visited. You were just down at Penobscot East, I understand, um, for the 2012 class, Penobscot East in Stonington. Yes, yeah, so that was a, a trip we took this past Tuesday, and it was just fascinating. You, you hear the names of some of these organizations, but r really never know what they're doing. And um, having a chance to go down there and, and learn how critical they are to our economy, especially the commercial fishing industry. Was um, it, it? It's something you know that's out there, but if you're not in it every day, you don't realize how important and how significant it is mm. to Hancock County. And they've got one of the best offices in the state of Maine. Uh, the <laughs> location, the view, I don't know how you couldn't help but I, I don't know how you go home from work if you have to work in an office like <laughs> well, that. Well, don't tell them that because <laughs> often they don't. I happen to know. <laughs> um, Lita, what were some of the memorable, uh, a, a memorable business that you visited as part of the 2011 program? Well, we've been very fortunate. I think we get beautiful views from almost every business we go to. <laughs> um, one business that we went to last year, and actually we started our program, was at CIRC. CIRC, and, and now it's CIRC? Scudic Educational Education Research, Research Center. Center. Okay, yes. yeah. um, and, of course, just getting to that facility is a, is a gorgeous drive. Mm. But um, it was an opportunity to really learn what they're doing up there in terms of um, education and transforming what was formerly a Navy base to another great asset for the, for the county and for, quite frankly, education throughout Maine. And that's been that's been very that was very very interesting. Mm. They just had their grand opening this past summer. Right. So right. we were actually there before their grand opening. So we were watching them in development. Mm -hmm. And I believe the class this year also went up to Cirque. Did they? No, they did not. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, they were they were a great location. In addition, another one of our locations was um, MDI Biolab. Mm. Jackson Lab is participating this year as, with participants, but MDI Biolab was a, a guest was a was a host site last year. And 
that whole industry, the whole scientific industry and research industry, is such an economic driver for this this county that it was interesting to be part of that. Mm, mm. Who knew that the dogfish shark would be such an important critter <laughs> in our world? And they're using many other mo- models, medical models, but mm-hmm. uh, starting with the dogfish shark. Well, let's go now to um, Stanley Subaru. Mark Polite has joined us from uh, Stanley Subaru, and he was um, part of the group uh, sending a participant um, to the Hancock County Leadership Program. Welcome to Talk of the Towns, Mark. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. Tell us a little about your business, and then why would you send someone to um, the Hancock County Leadership Program? Well, hopefully we're familiar to most of your listeners. Well, it is the state car, we understand. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying hard to make it that way. Uh, you know, we, we've, we have grown over the years. We've opened in 99 and, and have had a, a, a good run and, and built a good client base and have built a good employee base. And we've always believed that training our employees and helping them be better personally and professionally is an important part of the equation. And there's a lot of really good industry-specific training in the automotive sectors, but we saw this as an opportunity to kind of branch out and to get some training that was very relevant for a couple folks, and you know, some, some folks in leadership positions. But I was, I was particularly interested in the ties to how being a leader is more than just leading the people within your own organization. It's being active in the community and how these other businesses are supporting those efforts and being introduced to other leaders within the community because you, know, you get a couple of, of good, uh, good-minded, intelligent, ambitious people together and, and some pretty amazing things can happen. Mm. Would you say you have a, a leadership philosophy? Well, I, I try. I mean, you know, it's, it's simple. It doesn't sound as, as glamorous maybe or as complicated as, as it should, but if you help people better themselves and you look for ways for, to, to help people grow personally, there's frequently professional benefits. Mm. That's mm. kind of the, the approach. So it's all tied together. It's amazing, but every time you think maybe it isn't, you can find a way that proves it is. Right. And I happen to know that you are providing some leadership um, skills to um, some other groups in the community, including the Noontime Rotary in in Ellsworth. Um, Is that a way that you see um, both the business sense and the personal leadership um, thing, the community leadership coming together? Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm very excited about that particular rotary group I was involved at the beginning and I was attracted to them because I saw it to be an avenue that was a little bit different from, you know, there's some wonderful organizations in this area that do a lot for our community and there's a lot of great ways to be involved in, in various respects. But, but this was a group of business people that, that were very focused on helping kids and helping nonprofits and other businesses kind of grow into leadership roles and, uh, it's 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 fun. It's the the kids. Anytime you can work with with high school age kids, they they keep you very humble, and uh, they always teach you a lot and and make you feel a lot older than you think you should be. But but it's rewarding to see them grow. Mm. So part of the the role of a, a, a business who sends um, employees to um, Hancock County Leadership Program is there's a financial commitment, um, and that, that's not easy in today's climate. What would you say to other employers who, who might not be part of the program at this point, Mark? What would you see the, the benefits to you as a, an employer of sending employees to the Hancock County Leadership Program? I, I tell you, we I sent two individuals to the original session, and 
That now is almost a year, just over a year ago, and it is still talked about organizationally here. And I have, I, I did, you know, pause at not not necessarily so much the cost of the class, but the cost of having key individuals out of the out of the store for for quite a few days. But I I am very confident in in the payback that we've seen in the development of those people and the expressions of the skills that they learned in every day. And if you if you take the small cost of the class and the small cost of the absence to the store, I, I'm I, if they're if your people are there and they're committed to being there and they're paying attention, they're going to bring back a skill set that you'll see uh, you'll see a quick return on your investment. Oh, that's great. Well, Mark, thanks so being so much for being with us here on Talk of the Towns this morning. I appreciate it. Okay. Mark Polite is the um, owner of Stanley Subaru in uh, Ellsworth, and he was one of the businesses who were sending um, some employees to the Hancock County Leadership Program. Well, I'm going to um, ask our listeners to participate. Um, there are people out in our listening community who probably have some thoughts about leadership. Can leadership be taught, and can, does this kind of community leadership um, uh, program work? So uh, give us a call with your questions or comments, one 866 625-9378. That's one 625 If you've got questions or comments about um, leadership, um, especially the Hancock County Leadership Program, um, with our guests in the studio, Bonnie Sparks, um, who's a member of the steering committee, Patrick McGuire and uh, Lita Zoigner, who um, were participants in the program. This notion of, of uh, can leadership be taught, um, what do you think? Uh, Patrick, can leadership be taught, or is it something that you have within you and that needs to be developed? Well, I, I think everybody has it within them. Uh, it does need to be developed, and uh, probably the biggest reason why I took the class was to um, challenge myself on those issues and, and find that leader within myself. Uh, <coughs> Uh, I'm, I'm a, a quiet person and uh, tend to be the person who, who's not at the front of the room doing all the talking, but uh, very observative and, and do more through my actions than through my voice. But th this class has brought some of those skills out of me and, and made me a little more boisterous. Um, when you get to the class, um, right from the day that of the organizational meeting where you got together to meet everyone, it, it was very apparent that you, you better come come to school that day. You're, <laughs> you better you're show not, up. You're not going to get a hall pass. You're not going to be allowed <laughs> to sit in the room and not participate. And uh, the, the facilitators are very good at, at picking out the quiet person and make sure that they have a voice. And, and uh, you know, over time, the first couple meetings when, when the people who take that role kind of sat back. They were pulled out and, and, and contributed, and it's, it's um, good input from everybody in the class. So I suppose that that experience, then when you're in a group and you see someone who's quiet, you know from your own experience you have something to share because you're quiet, but it does take maybe someone to draw you out a little bit. It does. You know, it, it, the one thing I've noticed is, is most people who, who take a role in the community at, at whatever level, they're there for a reason. They're there because they're concerned. They're there because they want to participate. And, and you know, a, a good leader will try and get them in their comfort zone and mm. and, and find a something that they want to contribute. And, mm. and and you know, the skills of figuring out each individual's personalities have uh, been given to me through these classes. Mm. And, and it's 
it's just been a real eye-opening experience and it might have taken I, I might have covered some of these courses in my college education and in different times throughout my life but uh, this kind of woke them up mm. and it, ma it made me more aware of the, uh, the skills that I already have and, and how to use them correctly mm -hmm. By before the show, we, you had used the word contextual education. <laughs> that sounds like what Patrick is talking about, this notion that we're learning things as adults because, oh, it, this is the right time to learn about how people participate in groups. Exactly. I mean, what, what better than to be in a leader, leadership program and um, that day you're talking about conflict or supervision or trying to build consensus and the next day you go back to the job and use that that skill and practice it and and like patrick said so many of us have had intro social or intro psych or a communications course and when we were young people um, starting our careers but we didn't we didn't practice it, we've forgotten it. And now you walk into a leadership program and, and now you're, it, it's in the context and you're going, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember this stuff. Let's see if any of our, our listeners would like to participate in our conversation about leadership this morning. Uh, give us a call at 1-866-625-9378. We're talking about the Hancock County Leadership Program, but more, more uh, broadly, can leadership be taught or is it something that's kind of within you? Um, uh, Lita, how would you approach that question? Can leadership be taught? Leadership can be developed. developed. And one thing I will caution Patrick about is you may be graduating at the end of May, but there's still so much more to learn <laughs> and to develop and to practice and practice and practice. Mm. When I was last year, I realized how challenging it was sometimes because sometimes you're facing th the reason it's a skill that's not quite developed yet is because it's a tougher skill for you. And so sometimes leadership is difficult because you, you, I have to put yourself in someone else's shoes. You have to think about what you're asking people to do, and you're trying to help people overcome their fears and their uncomfortable spaces. And I, I think leadership is really developed over time, and I think it's extremely valuable to have the opportunities to really focus on developing those skills and having this at almost any time in your life. Um, Deb Burwell, one of the facilitators, always likes to talk about sharpening the saw. You like to sharpen your saw and have the opportunity to practice some things that sometimes maybe you actually did learn in, in college or learned somewhere else or, or went through a leadership program much earlier in your career. And then, but it's a nice reminder. Mm. It's, or someone says it in a slightly different way because you're hearing it with new ears. Your life experiences bring your, perce your perceptions to a different place and mm. how you hear something. Mm -hmm. How about you, you mentioned um, Deb Burwell as a facilitator of who, who else is working with you to, to develop these leadership skills, to bring them out rather than teach them? Mm -hmm. um, Bob Catan is also a facilitator. We have um, two facilitators this year. Last year we had three. Kim Parrott was uh, a facilitator for us. And, and then feedback from the group indicated that, no, that felt like it was too many. Uh, too many. Uh -huh. um, so we have the two facilitators. and. Um, Deb and Bob break up the sessions according to their expertise and the things that they like to teach and practice. Um, and they work very closely with, um, we also have um, a, a on-site coordinator, that being um, Kelly Cochran. Um, we contract with the chamber. 
um, for her, her services. So she's with the group uh, at each of the six sessions, and she's kind of the go-to person, making sure that everybody knows how to get there, when to be there, um, keeps the communication going. That's another thing about um, the leadership program that we hope will, will come from the experiences that um, leaders travel in packs. Um, <laughs> and we hope that, um, that the participants will develop um, network and, and, and practice networking. Mm -hmm. And those are some of the skills that Bob and Deb are so good at um, teaching and sharing with um, the participants, learning how to network. Because I don't think, we talk about networking, and I don't think, at least for me, it, it, it's not a natural. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to be a bit of an introvert, and, and I really have to practice that. I, I need to have it demonstrated for me. I need to be reminded. I mean, after all of these years, I still need to, to be reminded um, not to be that loner. And um, so it's our hope that 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 networking piece will come. And from participation, our class from last year is working on an alumni uh, network. Um, they've been involved in this year's program. This year's group um, will will use to recruit. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the networking uh, piece is um, an important important piece of those days. one 625 9378 Or if you're calling locally, 469-0500 as we talk about leadership. Um, one view of leadership is that, uh, and I think it's it's somewhat um, a part of the, the community, is leadership is kind of putting yourself forward, and we don't necessarily like that. We don't like somebody putting themselves above the rest. Do you, do you get any of that sense of, of th that's a view of leadership and therefore we don't want to put ourselves above the rest? What's that dynamic like? Do you, do you see that in your, in your travels, in your, in your work, that people may not want to put themselves in that leadership position? Patrick? Well, uh, not so much in the workplace, but uh -huh. I do see it more in the, the community Mm. Um, itself as, as far as your your volunteer boards your volunteer organizations it, it's it's harder to get people to step up and take charge of certain projects sometimes you get a, a good group of people volunteering to be on it but no one r really willing to take that next step and, and lead the the charge on how to do it effectively mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so um, it it is and I don't know if that has more to do with People are worried. I, I don't want to do it all myself, or um, you know, they're they're worried it'll become just their project and stuff. And, and I will say that the skills of this class it, it gives you the know-how to distribute the load, mm -hmm. so that you don't find yourself in that position. Because it's very you know, what do they say? Ten percent of the people do hundred percent of everything, mm -hmm. and and I think. If you use these skills correctly, you, you can uh, probably change those percentages. And Lita, that was what you were talking about in terms of collaboration somewhat, you know, to how, to, how to bring people together. So you're not the, the loner having to do that all yourself. The, the many hands make light work. Mm. Um, developing that network, finding other people who either have been through this course or who have expressed desire to be through this in this course, that network and it helps you identify the talents. Because so often a successful project is not 
five people with all the same talents. You want the variety of talents, and it does allow various people to, to carry the parts that they're most comfortable with. Mm. Bonnie, is there any um, explicit expectation of graduates of the leadership program? What do you, what do you hope will happen, or is, is there anything explicit? Um, well, actually, uh, there are some um, outcomes that we look for uh, from our participants, and of course, we always want them to help us build the program. <laughs> mm. But uh, in terms of things that we like to see outcomes, um, an increased understanding, obviously, of leadership and management concepts, um, strengthened leadership and management skills, an increased regional awareness, um, a growing and active um, leadership network, and we hope that participants will be able to articulate their personal definition of, of leadership. And of course, we recognize that as we journey through careers and jobs, that, that, that changes. But um, we, we hope that when they leave the program over that six-month period, that um, they will have uh, honed a definition for themselves mm. as well. How about the community at large? I can imagine how individual businesses benefit, and, and perhaps because you're, you're leaders in other organizations. Is there any um, notion that Hancock County itself improves because there's a leadership program? Lita, what would you say to that? I think the opportunity to expand leadership into various areas throughout Hancock County can only help the county. Mm. I think having the opportunity to have more people feel comfortable and be part of the network and know that they're part of something a little larger than themselves will allow them to feel more comfortable to step out there and possibly put themselves out on the line. Mm. So from mm. that perspective, I, I do think it will benefit all areas of the county mm -hmm. and encourage many to participate if they would. Mm -hmm. Patrick, what are your thoughts about the, the broader impact on the community? <coughs> well, as time goes on, uh, I think this class has 16 people and I could mm -hmm. be wrong by two or so. Um, and you figure Lita's class had around the same amount. All of a sudden we have 32 people out in the community that are have the skills and the tools to do a better job at, at uh, whatever the task is. And, you know, if, if you look at it just in those small terms, you know you have a better situation out there. Mm. And the, the diversification of the people involved with it and from the different regions of Hancock County in which they're now participating in this program. It, it'll be effective throughout the county. Mm. And Bonnie, that goes back to your some of your original thoughts about why would the university be involved in something like this? Is education, isn't mm -hmm. it? Absolutely, it's education. And I think that um, on our brochure, um, this steering committee has said that our, our, our perhaps our vision is that um, improving the economy and the quality of life in Hancock County communities by building the leadership capacity of present and future leaders. Mm. Um, definitely it's an educational mission. It's interesting um, to me that um, you had asked me earlier about what were some of the, the challenges when we were trying to pull the program together over those years and, and I had mentioned that sometimes we just didn't have that um, a critical mass and enough commitment and one of the things two years ago that really pushed us forward we had the idea we had the concept we had people here in our community um, 
was uh, uh, Greg DeFore from Camden National Bank. Um, he stepped forward, Camden National stepped forward, um, to be the major sponsor for Leadership Hancock County. And honestly, it, it was, their contribution was vital. Um, it just gave us enough cushion to say, we, we can do that. Um, and interestingly, he is a graduate of Leadership Maine. And he reached out to me because I'm a graduate of Leadership Maine. And it's interesting to me to, to look at that trickle down or trickle up or trickle out. Sideways, right? Yeah, and um, see, it, it, it made a difference. Mm. It made a huge difference, mm. their mm. support. Um, another leader that has been um, critical uh, for the success of the program has been um, Kevin Tessio, and Kevin um, is involved with the chamber, and he stepped forward to help sponsor um, the graduation event, mm. um, and, and that's kind of a, a, a capstone event. It's a celebration. It cements, um, it cements the the networking piece. Mm. Um, so those two leaders um, are helping the program and uh, emerging leaders. Great. And the the details, um, the, um, how would people who are listening um, be in touch with the program? When's the next program likely to start? What are the costs involved, the, the practical details? Okay. Um, the program generally runs starting um, the last week or two of January. It runs uh, usually about once a month for, for from January to May. Uh, the cost of the program is $550 for the tuition, and there's a $10 application fee. Um, the application fee can be found, <coughs> excuse me, on um, the Higher Education Center's website, which is learn.main.edu slash Ellsworth. Um, and the application process requires that they talk a little bit about themselves and why they want to do the program. Right. So very short answers because we're almost out of time. If the program were working for 10 or 12 years, very short answer, what would be the impact in Hancock County? Lita? Significant. Yeah, <laughs> significant. <laughs> One word answer. <laughs> Patrick, what do you see the, the, the uh, impact? I, I would say years? refreshing. Mm. And, um, a lot of people on the same page, a lot of people um, doing better things for our community. Mm -hmm. And Bonnie, final word to you? Um, I think that it would be creative collaboration that breaks down geographic and bus business sector silos in our mm. community. So more integration. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you all for being with us this morning to help people understand the question, can leadership be taught or is it developed? And I think you've provided some great answers. Thank you. We've come to that time when I want to remind you that this program was produced with support from Cooperative Extension and the Hancock County Extension Association. With offices in each county, Cooperative Extension is the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine. Our radio collaboration with WERU began in 1990 and continues with your support. Join us from 10 to 11 on the second and fourth Friday mornings of each month for Talk of the Towns. Our theme music is a medley from Coronach on a Balmain House Highland music recording. Thanks again to our guests in the studio, Bonnie Sparks, the director of the Hancock County Higher Education Center of the University of Maine. She's a member of the steering committee for leadership in Hancock County. Patrick McGuire is um, owner of the Dwight Brown Agency in Ellsworth. He's participating in the current program and graduates in May. 
Good luck to you with that. And Lita Zoigner is with Bar Harbor Bank, and she was a participant in the 2011 program. We also heard from Bill Cohen from Verzo Paper. He was one of the host businesses for the past two years. And Mark Polite of Stanley Subaru in Ellsworth, who's an employer who is sending um, participants um, into the Hancock County Leadership Program. Thanks so much to our underwriters at Maine Community Foundation um, and others. Thanks to Amy Brown for engineering our program. And stay tuned for On the Wing with Joel Raymond. This is Ron Beard, your host for Talk of the Towns, wishing you a good morning. WERU's Spring Fling Music and Gear Sales coming right up on Saturday.